New day, new week. We are just that much closer to football season, folks. This is episode number 233 of YWC Football Talk. And the man with me today, Kyrie Thompson of Radio Boston. How a WBUR, I believe you were telling me before. Um, one question I want to ask you right off the hop is, look, we were talking about this before, how you're not too, too much into the Patriots beat anymore. But how do you view things now from the other side of the, the looking glass, let's call it? I would say a lot of the way that I did before. So before I was a, a formal sports reporter or a, you know, kind of Patriots writer, uh, you know, what, what have you. Um, I did a lot of blogging, you know, I, I did a yeah. lot of a, a lot of writing, just following the games. So, I mean, you, you could say, like, I'm going to be more, you know, of a civilian, more of a fan uh, these days in terms of my viewership. But you know, I'm really going to view it the same way that I always have. You know, it's like try not to get too caught up in the in the ups and downs or the, or the, the takes. Right. Just like, you know, what, what's happening, how to put everything in context as best you can. And I'm still going to be around, you know, doing podcasts and, and uh, you know, occasionally, um, you know, maybe doing some coverage of the team for uh, Radio Boston, uh, you know, uh, WBUR. Mainly, and public re- public media is not necessarily the bastion of, uh, you know, sports fandom or, uh, you know, things like that. But, you know, you'll, you'll catch me on there talking a little bit. I was actually talking to Patriots on uh, Radio Boston a couple of weeks ago. So it'll happen. All right. So, you know, let's get right into the nitty gritty of it. I know the last time you and I talked was before the draft, but how have you viewed everything since the draft, since the schedule came out, OTAs, mini camps? Like, how do you view this team going into 2023? The simplest way I could put it is that I think the Patriots are better than they were last year, at least on paper. I think I think they they have gotten better, right? From you know free agency, whether you know it was minor upgrades, right? Like switching out yeah. Juju Smith Schuster for Jacoby Myers, whom I really like, but you could say, okay, look. Uh, you know Juju. You know the whole point of bringing him in is is yards after catch, right? And then you bring in Mike Gesicki. You know, a guy who's going to be you no know, red zone threat. He, I mean, he's 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 a tight end, but he's basically just a giant receiver. Like that's yeah. what he's going to be used for. That's what it sounds like they're already doing with him. And then you know you get Ty Montgomery back, who's going to be uh, you know if he can stay healthy, I think you know a bit of a better pass catching back than what they had last year. So I think that. By and large, you could look at it and say this roster is is good. Um, you know, defensively they're about the same, and and obviously they got Christian Gonzalez, whom I think is, I mean, to talk about the draft, I cannot believe. Still, like when I look back, I cannot believe that it actually fell out that way. I just didn't. There was any way it was going to be possible, and I was very adamant. I don't know if I said it on here, but I'll I'll say it here. I said it many times. People were like, yeah, they, the Patriots need a cornerback. Like, they need one of these big, long corners. So that's what you got to do in the first round. I'm like, no, they don't. You do yeah. not. They do not have to do anything, like, just to do it. But my only exceptions to, <laughs> oh, yeah, Patriots, you know, absolutely don't have to draft a first-round corner. Two exceptions were Devin Witherspoon and Christian Gonzalez. And I thought of the two of them, Gonzalez had the better chance to be around. And they traded back. Just, I mean, they must have known something because, I mean, the, the commanders were right there and they, they, they could have just done it and they took Forbes instead. That, that blew my mind and you knew they weren't, they weren't trading back again. Nope, you're going to go ahead and you're going to take that. I know I was, I was big on you know, Zay Flowers, maybe getting in on one of these wide receivers, but at that point at number 17 with Gonzalez being around, you have to. You have to. To me, yeah. there was no other choice. 
the choice was basically academic and you see the reports about him at camp you know in mini camp and, and otas he just already looks the part he's bit he's a starter i mean like to me there's no debate about this especially not given what happened with jack jones he's been removed from the equation and who knows he's going to how long he's going to be out of the equation for uh could be a while um but one way or another i mean every report you heard is christian gonzalez starting at left corner today christian gonzalez starting at right corner today or it's like jonathan jones marcus jones whatever opposite him starting but christian you know christian gonzalez is going to be a starter just like with Cole Strange last year, I watched yeah. every practice when I was there. They did not mess around. Oh, yeah, we're going to have the rookie earn his stripes. No, they threw his butt right up in there. He was a starter from day one. That's what Christian Gonzalez is going to be. I feel like he gives them an element of height in the in the DB room they didn't have on the outside last year. All that to say, they are better, but this is not a Super Bowl contender to me. Still, no. you're still too far away from that. You're... I mean, you're 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 probably a quarterback away from that. You are you're probably a high-profile offensive weapon away from that. You might be one just absolute blue chip, ridiculous pass rusher or like front seven force away from that. So this is going to be a good team that is once again going to compete for the playoffs and could very well be a wild card team. I think that with Bill O'Brien being in the mix, I think that they viewed it as. If there's one thing that we had to fix, it was the offensive coordinator situation, and we did that. So this could be a playoff team this year, but it's not a contender. Yeah, I completely agree with you because I, I still say this, that there's only three teams in the AFC that I can really, truly put. Like, there's teams you can view as a contender, but there's only three teams I truly put in that contender realm. Now, obviously, two, one won the Super Bowl last year, one went to the Super Bowl, and then one's division rival, Buffalo. And it's like, oh, there's all these other teams. But I'm like, look, last year we did it with the AFC West where we thought, remember everyone going, four, mm -hmm. four teams are going to make it? Mm -hmm. Miami, New York, I don't know what to think. Miami kind of scares me just because, like, they've been really quiet. Like, you don't hear anything coming out of them, which I don't know is necessarily a good thing or a bad thing. And then New York will wait and see. But for right now with New England, if they can go out there every Sunday and there's a chance for them to win a football game, I'll take it. So, like, if they're I, – I still have them between 8 and 9 to 11 and 6 being best-case scenario. Like, you know, you steal a couple of games, something they didn't do in 2022. But if they can do that this year, um, this is a big year for Mac. I don't think you can, like, hold – you can't hold him back. you got to go out there and see what you got because if you know he's not going to be him and you're not going to pick up his fifth, you, you got to look at drafting someone next year just because you can't be like, okay, if Mac plays bad, you got to go to Zappy. I think it's just one of those things where you kind of – Gotta wait and see. And the other thing I want to get into um, before we address the big um, rabbit in the room, or elephant, excuse me, the Bill Belichick getting fired reports and stuff like that. Like I've been, like I see ESPN talk about it, where they're like, he's the reason why Tom Brady walked away. Where I'm like, read the book. Read if you don't know a book, I'm talking about people, the Dynasty, Jeff Benedict, incredible read. But I just don't see a world where he gets fired. I would see it as him moving upstairs and more or less doing football personnel decisions and letting someone else coach. I just I just can't see a world where he get or craft hands him. I think it would have to be everything goes wrong or there's just something horrible behind the scenes we don't know about going on. That's basically it. I mean, yeah. I feel like at this point, you've got two to three seasons before Bill Belichick breaks the all-time record for, for coaching wins. Yeah. And I think that unless the Patriots just are – absolutely terrible like i'm talking like four and 13 yeah i mean as long as they are okay he's getting the rest of the time 
And mm-hmm. once he gets them wins, I think at the end of those three years, once he's got that record in the can, then he's done. And whether he moves upstairs, whether he rides off into the sunset entirely, then he's done. I don't think he's going to be coaching until he's like 76 years old. I, I don't I don't really know that he's going to do that, that he's got anything else to prove. So I, I think this is this is something that I've discussed with people recently. When you're talking about, and again, to kind of tie it into the overall team, there is no one real superstar of this team on the field in uniform, right? I mean, yeah. Matthew Judon is about as close as it gets. I mean, he's a really good player, pro ball player, but even he is like really, really good, but superstar, hmm, don't know about that. He's got the personality, but not the characteristic, like the on-talent ability. I mean, I, I would say that they're they're probably about close because yeah. I, I think that, you know, he's he's a, he's a fun personality. But he's also a really good football player. Um, but again, if, you, if you're talking about superstars, big names, what attracts the headlines when it comes to New England? It's not the players. It's Bill Belichick. It's yeah. always Bill Belichick, especially now. Right. It used to be Tom Brady. Like they, they kind of split it. Right. But right now there's no Tom Brady left to talk about. It's it's Bill Belichick. So. When people talk about the Patriots, it's all about, well, Bill Belichick, has he lost his touch? Is he going to be able to turn this motley crew into another Super Bowl contender? Um, you know, if he doesn't, then what's his future look like, et cetera, et cetera. So that's really all people have to talk about right now because there are no guys that you look at on the New England Patriots where are just like, oh, yeah, let's go ahead and talk about that unless it's Mac Jones. And it's like, what are you talking about with Mac Jones? Yeah, it's a big year, year three, just like it is for all these other third-year quarterbacks to see if they're it, unless you're Trevor Lawrence, because you already know Trevor Lawrence is it. He's the only one that you already know is it. So, yeah, great, big year for Mac Jones, and if you don't, if he, he doesn't play well, then well, Bill Belichick's going to get rid of him or you know what have you. you. You can only carry that so far, but Belichick is this inexhaustible wealth of, of topics for – the, the national media when nothing else relating to the Patriots serves. So, so that that's what we're going to do. But again, I, I think that this is one of those times where we are in, you know, mid to late June training yeah. cap is like a month or month and a half away. You can only talk about so many things relating to the actual on field product itself. So yeah, let's go ahead and talk about Bill Belichick and his decisions and uh, how the Patriots are uh, they're the, like the fourth best team on paper in the division, because they are. They are, but you just never know. Um, and the other thing, too, with the Belichick thing is, like, because this all stems from ESPN, who I feel like just, just likes to spew stuff, especially this time of the year, because they only know how to talk about two sports, in all honesty, football and basketball. If you're any other sport, they don't really care about you that much, unless you're college. Um And the one thing they keep seeing, though, is like the whole, you know, was it Bell or was it Tom? I always like to say it was both. And if people want a perfect example of that, the first three Super Bowls were Bill Belichick. Tom Brady played huge parts in them, don't get me wrong. Those first three Super Bowls were, were based off of Bill Belichick and defensive football. So that's just something I want to throw out there. Um, but you you make an excellent point. And before we get into any other topics, I just want to say quickly, guys, this is probably going to be the last NFL episode until training camp. That's in about five, five and a half weeks from now. So I just want to give you a heads up because why? I like to say this every year. This time of the year, you're in the news for either you're getting money or in the case of Jack Jones, you did something stupid, which, look, we don't condone it. We'll see what happens. But I, I just don't understand how you go into an airport with a loaded handgun. Maybe that's just because I'm like, Canadian, just because, like, look, uh, two, guns aren't a thing. Two of them. Two of them. Two, so. two loaded <laughs> handguns. 
I just don't like everyone making reports out about like oh the, like I feel like it's getting skewed where it's like he could face like a minimum of two years and some people are running with like the longer ones like he could face up to thirty years in in prison and I'm like let's just see what happens. I think if there were seri- more serious allegations, he would have been cut because like 2013, Hernandez was cut like immediately after he got arrested. I don't think like I don't think Jack Jones is still in jail at the moment. I can't confirm or deny that, but. That's just something I want to throw out there. Why I'm probably this is I took a break between May and June. I just want to get a few episodes in here now beforehand, but this will be the last NFL episode. I didn't say football in general. There might be another football episode coming, but this will probably be the last NFL episode, guys, until the end of July, beginning of August. Um, moving on to the big fish in the room quickly, and this will be the only reason why I would record. Yes, DeAndre Hopkins. Mm-hmm. Do we mm-hmm. view it as a like if 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 we sign I want to view it from the standpoint of if they sign him great but if they don't sign him how do they go on about it or do you think it could make a huge impact on how they do this year just cuz like I think it'd be one of those things hey it's like a luxury it would you'd be great to have but I don't think it's like the worst thing in the world if he decides to go elsewhere I think you put it well yeah. here again here's here's what I'll say if DeAndre Hopkins signs with the New England Patriots, he's immediately the best receiver on the team, one of your yeah. best players. I mean, yes, he's 31 years old, and you, and you can you can point to that. But again, I think that given the way that he's played when he's gotten even halfway decent quarterback play, and honestly, even sometimes when he hasn't had halfway decent quarterback play when it's just been bad, um, this guy can still probably put up numbers and still yeah. be – and still be a a like at least like one B kind of receiver for the next two years or so, maybe you know even longer, and you know, maybe it can be like more of a number two type. Basically, as long as he stays healthy, he's going to be a good player for you. He's going to yeah. be productive. I mean, speed was never really his game. Um, he he can be crafty enough. He's still big. He's still got great hands. Um, not necessarily that big, but he plays big. You know, he's like what six foot, and he's still out there out jumping everybody and all that. Like he just he just goes and gets the football. He finds ways to get open and make catches even when he's not. So I think that you can easily look at that and say, yeah. I mean, if DeAndre Hopkins is on your team, you're better for it. But again, how much better? You know, if DeAndre Hopkins is on your team, does that make you a Super Bowl contender? No, not yet. No. I, I mean, again, this is what I'm talking about. Like the Patriots, and and, and again. I, I said this earlier, right? Like they're they're a top tier weapon away. DeAndre Hopkins is better than what you got, and maybe he can be a top tier weapon here, perhaps. But is this is it the same as like adding Jamar Chase? Not really. Um, so I, I think that you, you got to manage expectations a little yeah. bit with 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 Hopkins. And again, you got to look at the fact that he is 31 and you don't know how he's going to hold up over a full season. I mean, any number of things can happen here. Um, but yeah, I think it would it would make them better. It is it would not by itself suddenly make them a Super Bowl contender. Like I don't want us to start talking about that cuz you're going to end up disappointed. Like I'm sorry. It just is what it is. But real quick before I I'm just to wrap it up on this way. Yeah. It wouldn't kill the Patriots if they didn't have him because I think ultimately what this offense is going to be is spread the ball around the way it always has been and you know Bill O'Brien find matchup problems Mac Jones get the football out of your hands and into guys that are going to make plays that that's exact that's 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 what they're going to do you're going to have spread ball it's like what I like to say of fantasy football every year don't draft Patriots unless it's Madre that's my motto now because you know Madre's going to be the, the, the bell cow back 
Um, and then even with the other running backs, I actually had Alex Barth of 98.5 Sports Hub on last week. And we base, I was basically talking to him about it, like, is there a depth chart where it's not really? I think it's going to be even distribution where it's like those like small chump yard plays. You can see Kevin Harris coming in. You have a third down situation. You need a running back out of the field who's going to catch. You can bring in Pierre Strong. I even saw another article coming out today from your former work, WEI, about potential running backs they could bring in. Like, I know Dalvin Cook was the main headline. And I'm just like, I don't think they need – Why? They, they don't, yeah. You don't need Dalvin Cook. Like, Buffalo or Miami, yeah, sure. Like, I, I still think he's going to be ending up in the Dolphins just because he's from there and they need the running back. But New England, they don't need to bring in a running back. I think the only position of concern for me going into the year is the tackle position besides that. Hmm. Everything else pretty much I think is surely locked up. And then yeah, that's that's a, that's about it. And we'll see what happens with the DBs, especially with this whole uh with the whole Jack Jones situation and then where they put Jalen Mills. It's gonna be a very exciting summer for New England. And right now for the all the player all the fans out there freaking out about stuff, guys, the players are off right now on vacation and hanging out with their families. Worry about this stuff in a month from now. I think that I'm gonna try and, and touch on a couple of things like as, as they come to my mind. Um, the defense is going to be just fine. The defense yeah. is going to be more or less what it has been. Probably the linebackers, yeah, I mean, the, the, the linebackers were better than I expected them to be last year. And uh, I think they're going to find out how to – they're going to be able to continue to make it work with, with them. Though I think, you know, the things I keep hearing about Marte Mapu, I mean, just flying around all over the place, safety, linebacker, just a I-go-get-the-football position, essentially, like baby Kyle Duggar – yeah, makes me feel pretty good about about having that movable chess piece around. Um, your safeties are still going to be probably your strongest position group, even though you lost Devin McCourty, because Kyle Duggar and Adrian Phillips are two of the like probably four best players on your defense. Probably Bro two of your best, three, probably probably two of the best three players on on your defense, and then you've got Matthew Judon. If we're gonna yeah. honestly, if if that's how I feel about them, and then with the corners. I mean, Christian Gonzalez, he's a rookie, but, you know, you're hoping that with that pedigree, that ability that he has, he can at least play solid. I'm look, I'm not worried. I wasn't worried about the cornerbacks after this past year. If we're going to no. be completely honest, yeah, they got beat at times, and it stuck out like a sore thumb when they did get beat, like when they were getting sunned by, like, you know, T. Higgins and stuff like that, though. I mean, a lot of people got Justin sunned Jefferson, by T. Higgins. Stephon Diggs. Yeah. But by and large they were one of the better position groups on the team. Yeah. Like they, they were, they were solid. They were, at, they were at the very worst at the very worst average. Okay. And so I think that with, with the depth that they've got, they're going to be fine. The tackles you mentioned on the other side of the ball, that's going to be really interesting yeah. because I'm not actually worried about Trent Brown. I know a lot of people are worried about Trent it's Brown, the right side of the ball. I'm worried about not the left. Yes. And I think that's one of those where I just feel like I can't fully get behind the idea of Calvin Anderson and or Riley Reef. I would probably rather go with Calvin Anderson in terms of he's a little younger. Um, I mean, Riley Reef is, what, 34 years old. He's probably not going to make it through a whole season. I can't remember the last time he like did. Um, and then you've got the idea of, 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 of sitting there as a, as a break glass in case of emergency kind of player. Yeah, so it's like, you know, City So. Yeah, City I So mean, too. So, okay, we'll see about that. Um, I I like the idea of trying him on the outside because, again, he, he played guard mostly. He was drafted 
as a guard, but he has tackle profile in the same way that people are like, oh yeah, kick Michael Onwenu out to the to the right side, uh, you know, to, to right tackle. Well, so has that same kind of of length, size, speed, movement, ability profile that Onwenu did. So I think that you would rather try that as a developmental prospect than mess around and move, say, Onwenu out to right tackle, and then you throw a rookie in at right guard in, say, like, you know, Antonio Mafi or or so, and then, you know, you're getting pressure in Mac Jones or whatever quarterback is back there, getting pressure right up the middle in their face. You don't want that. Would rather start off, and I feel like that that's what the Patriots are going to do, unless one of these young cats is just, like, blows people away and, and like, I've got to start you. Like, I've got no choice. You're going to see on Wenu on the, at right guard, and you're going to ask him to help out a lot with uh, whomever is over there at right tackle, whether it's Anderson, Reef, what have you, and they're going to be getting a bunch of tight end help as well. So I totally agree with you that that is a position of concern. Yeah, that, 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 that's that's just it. It's just going to be it's gonna be a wait and see. That's like where I'm going to be focusing most of my energy on campus. Hey, what do they do with, especially that right side of the offensive line? Because you have David Andrews, you have Jake Andrews behind him now, which is nice to see if there is depth there. Um, and going to your son comment, it wasn't a problem for me with like Justin Jefferson and T. Higgins because I'm like, look, those guys are going to do that to you. It's when Dante Pettis and Equinemia St. Brown are doing it to you. <laughs> that's when I have a problem with it. Like when those see, guys are running all over the field. See, no, see, just to your we, former home, but it's just the ba- that that's the game that pissed me off most in 2022. I mean, that was the worst receiving core in football. Like, yes. let, let's let's be, let's be completely honest about this. Which which the funny thing about that though was that that game wasn't even about Dante Pettis or Equinemius St. Brown or whatever catching the ball. It was about the fact that they could stop the run, which is a whole other thing that the Patriots need to get better at when it comes to stopping the run against a quarterback that can run. Um, but fortunately, you're not necessarily going to deal with that a whole lot in, in your division now. You got 45-year-old Aaron Rodgers back there. They're not running him on read options anymore. Um, Tua Tungavailoa is not really a big runner. Josh Allen will run, but I I would think the Bills might want to take that away a little bit more so that this guy doesn't like give himself brain damage by the time he's 28. I feel like with Josh Allen, they make him avoid less and less reckless plays. That's the big thing with him. Um, God, also, I'll admit this too. I got into it with someone on Bill's thing last week just because their fan base, for some reason, loves to celebrate the fact. Look, yeah, they've beaten us five of the last six games where they played us, but I look at it like, guys, you should have bigger aspirations. Like, we don't look at you, and we just look at you guys like, Go win a football game in the middle of January. That's where you make your marbles, because the hat and cap, the hat, the we'll call it what it is a shirt and cap game. That's a shirt and cap game. We know this is Patriot. Like whether we cover the team, whether we watch the team, you don't want the hat and the shirt. You want the chip that comes with the hat and the shirt. And the AFC East crown means nothing. So we'll ultimately see what happens with them. But that's just my message quickly to the Bills fans: is like, guys, think bigger picture. Think Super Bowl. Because last year everything was given to them. This year it's not, and it's going to be exciting to see what happens for them, but that's that's just my two cents on there. And then, look, with the Dolphins, like I said, they're going to be – the Dolphins will probably be one of the three wildcard teams. I think it's just how far they can go or how healthy Tua can stay. And then I'm, st- I'm, not, I'm not ready to make any statements on the New York Jets yet. I'm not. I, I want to see no. them play. I don't yeah. want to be one of those guys where it's like, 
Aaron Rodgers is going to do this and this. I'm like, okay, last year they were great, but then you have Nathaniel Hackett running their system, who wasn't good in Denver last year. And to crown, like, I view the Jets in the same limelight I've been viewing Detroit, where I'm like, guys, let's see these guys play football before we crown them on anything. And to the Detroit part, I want to see them succeed. I just don't like everyone in the media saying they're going to win 10 games. They're going to win the division. Dan Campbell, coach of the year, which I still think is bogus because coach of the year always goes to a coach you don't suspect coming. Like last year. <laughs> well, no, it's the truth. Like when Matt Nagy won it because the Bears went 12-4 and four after not really doing anything the year prior. So we'll wait, we'll wait and see what happens there. But I guess that's the thing, though. You yeah. know, the, the the games have to be played. So it's like we can we can talk all this and, and, and say you expect a certain thing to happen or well, yeah, on paper, guys are looking really again. That's why I keep on saying on paper, yes. the Patriots are the fourth team in the division. And you know what? At, at the end of the day, they may very well end up being the fourth team in the division. But the idea that the Jets look again, the Jets on paper should be Super Bowl contenders because they had a Super Bowl caliber defense last year. And I was over there just killing people all over the place, but they had no quarterback, right? Yeah. And so, oh, great. Now they added one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play. So they should definitely be Super Bowl contenders, right? But again, I, I you got to show me. Like, that, that's what I got. You got to show me. And until you show me, I'm not putting, I'm not giving you anything. And it's the same deal with with the Lions, or you know, if if you're the Chiefs, and people are gonna are gonna be like, yeah, well, they're Super Bowl favorites. Well, they've won two of the past like four, four. Super Bowls. So okay, sure, I have no problem putting you in that realm. That is okay with me. Um, or even the Bills, if you want to talk about the Bills being Super Bowl contenders, where I mean, they made in and an AFC championship game in the past three years they have won a playoff game in each of the past three years okay sure we can we can go ahead and, and have that conversation I do not mind but if we're going to talk about yeah it, again if if we are going to talk about them like oh yeah they're going to go ahead and just like run run rough shot over the division and they are definitely going to be in the AFC championship and they're Super Bowl contenders you got to show me Right. That's what it all is. So I'm not I personally am not ever really in the pre, like serious prediction mode or being married to things like I can tell you that. Uh, yeah, I can see the Patriots being nine and eight this year. I can see that. I'll go ahead and, and float that out there as a prediction for this year. But I'm not going to be mad if it doesn't come to pass, because in the end, the game's got to be played. And sometimes things happen that change your outlook on things. So. I'm not I'm not going to be over here talking no trash about nothing because I'm just an observer. You know what I mean? I like to, yeah. I like to watch and and then once I see how things are going to unfold, I'll tell you if I'm right, I'll tell you if I'm wrong, and we'll go from there. I love I love that approach. I, I love that just whole like, you know what, we'll see what happens. Like right now, look, do I want to see the Jets succeed? No, but if they do, you got to give them the roses. And then with New England, like I said, if they finish 8 and 9 again, if they finish 9 and 8, Hell, they even get to 10 or 11 wins. I view that as a successful season. It's just play of Mac, determining it, can go a long way, and just avoiding any late season collapses, kind of like what happened against Vegas and Cincinnati last year. Um, before we go, um, I want to play a quick game with you quickly. So you know how I was talking before about how like teams like Detroit are being overhyped? Yeah. Um, I don't want to – I've been asking people this, but I want to ask you this in a different sense. 
Okay. I want you to give me a team that you would buy, like, say if I give you money for stock. Like, you're buying stock okay, in on an okay. NFL team right now. What team right. would you buy stock on going into 2023 and which team? It can be a team, like, too, like, no, you may not, no one's really talking about. Or what's a team that you would sell that stock from because you don't think that they're going to be as good as people think they might be? Interesting. Okay. So the first team that went into my mind as buy stock is the Jacksonville Jaguars because I think Trevor Lawrence is that dude. And I think that what they, again, like the, the AFC South is, is terrible. Like they're, they're an awful division, but again, you look at that team, they were not really ready last year. They were not really ready to win a playoff game or, or, or any of that. And they won a playoff game. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? They, it's like Trevor Lawrence was was just atrocious in that first half. And then he goes out and just absolutely Trevor Lawrence's it in the second half. And they won a playoff game, that team. So I'm looking at that and I'm saying, I think, and again, you, you mentioned Mac Jones and his play being a determiner, you know, yeah. determining how, how they're going to be. Look, I think the, the Jaguars already know they got that freaking dude. So I look at that as a team that, especially if, if they make the improvements that I think they can make and Trevor Lawrence is as good as I think he can be in year three, that's a nine win team that potentially wins another playoff you know, that, that is that's going to be hosting a playoff game. Yeah. You know what I mean? And they're, they are going to, they are going to win a, like they could win another playoff game. And then just, I don't even know, man, like you, 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 ne- you just, there, there could be one of those teams that you just don't know because they've got that dude. And I mean, think about it, right? Joe Burrow in his second year comes into this. You didn't think the Bengals were going to be, uh, you know, going to the Super Bowl, right? Yeah, they didn't really feel like that team either, and they just caught fire at the right time because their skill positions were ridiculous. And they had a quarterback playing at such a high level. Didn't really matter that their defense was kind of sus and that they had no offensive line. They just had a superstar at the quarterback position. So yeah, I'm I'm looking at them, and honestly, I, I feel like if if you're talking about a, a team that I would sell on. I feel like I am kind of selling on the Lions, and maybe that's maybe that's biased, maybe maybe that's hating because I, you know, I'm I'm from Chicago land. But yeah. look, I think the I think the Lions have the potential to be a solid team, and that they surprised people last year, and and I feel like you should you should give them credit for that. But I just I don't trust Jared Goff. I, you you cannot make me trust Jared Goff. You can't. I'm sorry. Okay. And and you can and <laughs> their draft this past year was so funny. They drafted like a team that that thinks they got it. Yeah. Like they've got all the pieces. They they took a freaking running back, you know what, number number twelve overall, right? Who I thought was gonna be a day two pick for the Patriots. Which and, and I, I, I thought Jameer Gibbs would would end up being a first round pick. I just did not see him being a top 15 pick. That is no. utter, utter and complete lunacy like to me. Late first round, early second round. You had you had to convince me to even take – you would even have to convince me to take Bijan in the top 10. That I could at least understand, though, because they're talking about this brother as a generational running back talent. And, I mean, in the end, sometimes you got to do what you got to do. But Jameer Gibbs, no, bro. And then they're over, they, they, took a, they took a linebacker 
right? They took a freaking linebacker in the top 20. Like again, that's the team that you're worried about. So to me, I I don't I don't think so. They might win that they might win that division just because the division is freaking terrible and I don't think I feel like the the Packers are going to take a step back. But I don't know that the that the Vikings are going to take that much of a step back to where no. they're going to be out of the picture and the Bears See look, the Bears I just I don't think they're going to win the division. But at the same time, if Justin Fields and this this Justin Fields DJ Moore thing that I've been hearing so much about the connection that they've had, if that's real, then that's a team that you at least have to think about because again, it it sounds crazy to, for me to say that, but the NFC's trash. Yeah. You know what I mean? The NFC is freaking crap. So you should you would think that the Lions should be in in the upper echelon of those teams, but again, I just feel like they're Detroit. Okay, Detroit is always going to figure out a way to Detroit things up. They already got like they already got players getting getting dropped because they were gambling. You know what I mean? That's the thing. Like with me with Detroit, like I want to see them succeed just because, like from my perspective, it's the lovable loser thing where it's like yeah. you want to see them do that. Um, but you made an excellent point. I don't see Minnesota taking a step. Like I don't see Minnesota. I don't see them going twelve and five, but I can't see them doing worse than ten and seven. I, I still think they'll be a double digit win team. You still have hell. You still have the best receiver in the NFL, in my opinion. Kirk's Kirk, but at the same time, too, you're gonna win a lot of like forty to thirty three shootout game football games. Um, one thing I'll say about the Packers is, I think they'll be like I can see them being like what the Patriots were last year, like. They'll win some games, but they'll lose some really annoying games that like they should have won, or they do some stupid mistakes that cost themselves. And then with your Bears, I think if they can be a six or seven win team, that's a success. I just think you need to see Justin Fields become what he was at Ohio State. If you can get that, then I think okay, next year is the true year where the Bears can say we're going for it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. It's not. It. It's not. It's not this year. Yeah. No. Like next, like if he has a if he has an okay season, you can. It's like how Tua they Tua they just quietly picked up the fifth year, and then next year's that year where it's like, hey, if you do great, we'll we'll give you a bag in twenty twenty five. That's how I view Justin Fields. Um, two teams like oh, because I've said Detroit a lot on this podcast. I I like I said, I just don't like the media hype. Also, I don't like them getting Kansas City opening night because if they go out there and lose, then it's gonna be. Oh, hey, we were all wrong about Detroit because you know how everyone loves to overreact to week one. Um, two teams that I have that I want to – one I want to buy and one I want to sell. Sell, I'm going to go first. I'm going to go Seattle. I just think that what we saw towards the end of last year I think was the true Geno Smith. I think he's a good NFL quarterback. I just don't think he was what we saw through the first week. You know, the whole, oh, they write me off, but I ain't right back. Like, I don't think that Geno Smith's coming back. And for buying, I'm buying low, but something tells me that the Atlanta Falcons can potentially make noise this year. I, like I'm not, I'm, I'm not ready to say like they're gonna go out there and like ro- like rule the world. But I'm just the like Desmond Ritter experience. I just think, look, I already see people for fantasy football saying Bijan Robinson's an RB one. I think he's gonna be great. I just don't like people putting goofy expectations on a rookie. Yeah, but with Atlanta. It's more than Desmond Ritter. It's their defense. I just think that, th- like the same, th- I could, like I could see Atlanta being the same thing too as New England, where it's New England of last year, where it's like, hey, 
The offense may, may not be there, but your defense is going to bail you out a lot. Look like Jesse Bates. Um, there's some other guys that I'm blanking on right now that they have, but they've started to build something there to where I'm like, they could make some noise because, look, I'm not buying into the eight-year-old playing quarterback in Carolina with Adam Thielen, and Jonathan Mingo's good, and Terrace Marshall, which I know, shout out my uh, podcast favorite, McGarvin, wants him in New England, and be great too, but Carol, I'm just not ready to buy on Carolina, and then with New Orleans, I think they'll be good, I just can't fully trust Derek Carr yet. I've, I've been hearing reports yeah. about like Michael Thomas being back to form, but I'm like the same way I you view like Justin Fields and DJ Moore. That's how I view Derek Carr with the Saints receiving room. Like I need to see it in a game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I I think that what what you're talking about. So I talked about the AFC South being terrible. The yeah. NFC South is just as bad. Look, I, I'm I'm not going to disparage Carolina, right? And and I mean I'm I'm one of these guys where I like to see young quarterbacks play well. Yeah. Um. So I. I mean that's still going to be a that's going to be a top ten picking team, in, yeah. In twenty twenty four, because I mean, look, most of the time, I mean, basically all the time, first year quarterbacks don't just magically come in and save the franchise because y'all were the like y'all y'all were in that position for a reason, and yeah, maybe they weren't the number one overall pick team when the draft started. They had to trade up to get to that point, but they still weren't a good team. You know yeah. what I mean? So so they, they've got other problems. They've got other things that they need to to address. And then I don't I don't believe in any of those other teams very particularly strongly. So that's another that's another division that is wide open to me. And you would yeah. look at it on paper and say, well, go with the team that has the best quarterback. And that's the that's New Orleans Saints. So so I mean, OK, we'll see about that. But yeah. I think that there's absolutely space just like there was in the AFC South last year, for an upstart to come in and mess things up. Yeah. That's what that's where with Atlanta like Atlanta, I look at it as like a buy low to where it's like low risk, low reward, where it's like not like, hey, I'm because I also Carolina I'm skittish on because two years ago I was on here saying Carolina's a dark horse. Carolina can like be a wild card team. They got off to a three and start and then they just crapped the bed and went like five and twelve after going three and they went two and 12 and that's where I was like getting that rule the hell out of the NFL so that's why with Carolina I'm still like I don't want to believe in them immediately um Atlanta look I think they could potentially make noise I still think it's between them and New Orleans to win the division and then with Tampa you've got um basically they're gonna be bad they're gonna basically pay the price of what you did to go all in to win a Super Bowl it's gonna come back to haunt you that's what's gonna happen to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and I just don't know what to think of the Saints yet. I like, like I said, I'm at the point in the NFL offseason where I'm like, just get me to watching men in pads beat each other up. Yes, <laughs> get me and, to the car crashes. Yes, and uh, well, the car crashes are about uh, a month and a half away. So, um, yeah, until then, um, I hope you enjoy yourself. Uh, you know, stay away, stay away from the blog, stay away from ESPN, all the things that are going to cause your blood pressure to rise. You know, just just take it easy, enjoy some baseball. I took my three year old to her first Red Sox game the other oh. day. You know, just just uh, you know, do do whatever it is that helps you find your zen up until training camp starts. That's exactly it. And folks, for me, it is football related as. I was saying in my tweet earlier today, shout out to Cryer Media, the folks who helped me put on this podcast, who have been gracious enough people. They sent me to the Canadian Open last weekend, 
And this year, I am the Toronto Argonauts correspondent for them. So every Argonauts home game, I'll be live tweeting from their account. I'm in the locker rooms. I'm with the players. I'm in the press conferences for every home game. And the Hamilton Ticats, who are their biggest rivals, by the way, who they played last night. So I will be here all season long for that. So I got that to focus on right now. Canadian football, guys. Check it out. There will be a podcast coming here, 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 or there. Um, before we go, though, I... I didn't realize this until we started recording, but I just wanted to say this to you quickly. Just wanted to recognize Juneteenth. Just obviously, what today? Today's a big meaning day and everything like that. I don't know how that was. I just wanted to. I just I realized as we were recording, I just wanted to say something to you. That's hope that, hope that was okay. Uh, yeah, thank you. Appreciate it. We had a great day today. Yeah. Uh, grilled out, spent time with family. Uh, but uh, yeah, thank you. You're welcome. But anyway, folks, Kyrie will be back all season long. Can I get that promise out of you right now on air? Sure thing. I'll be around. We love to hear it, folks. But anyway, guys, like I said, you may see me for some CFL stuff in the coming weeks. But if not, guys, I will see you at the end of July, beginning of August, when training camps are set to begin. This face is gone for a month. Good night, everybody. (laughs) I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people, he, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have faults. He had the same amount of faults as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know? And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast, heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from jeffwoodsradio.com. Do, did, Will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holawati from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network.